Nick Vujicic is founder of Life Without Limbs. He's known around the globe as an evangelist and a motivational speaker who defies limits and lives victoriously. Sharing his own powerful testimony of being born without arms and legs, Nick often inspires others to push past their obstacles and discover their destiny. He's traveled to more than 70 countries, sharing a message of hope and healing to billions of people worldwide. Nick, thanks so much for joining me on Takeaways. Brother Kirk, love you. Good to see you. <laughs> Great to see you too. This screen is so big and it's right here. I want to go give you a hug because you just you give the best hugs in the whole world. Uh, but I can't do that today. So next time when I see you in person. Nick, when you were a little kid, did you have any idea that God would use you and your life in such a unique way? Kirk, I had no idea. When I was a kid going to school and actually the only one at the school, obviously, in a wheelchair and limbless, I really felt like I was the only one in the world that uh, was in this situation. And absolutely not even one inkling that uh, God could use me one day without arms and legs to be his hands and feet in the context that he's in magnitude that he's absolutely used me thus far in my 39 years of life. Well, Nick, you, you inspire so many people around the world. I mean, literally millions or, or, or maybe even we can say billions of people, myself included. Um, and I know that you've recently moved to, from where I live here in California, you've moved to Texas. And what's the ministry that you have going on there? Tell us all about it. So Life Without Limbs, uh, the nonprofit organization, uh, was actually established in California. We, as a family, me and my wife, my four beautiful kids, in November 2019, the Lord uh, moved in our hearts to say, get out of California. My wife's family uh, is here in Dallas, Texas, so it wasn't a question of where we would go. Dallas was our second home. And so we, uh, we followed the Holy Spirit and uh, thinking that I might one day come back to California and uh, with the things that have unfolded in the several years now that everyone has felt, um, the Holy Spirit moved the entire ministry out of California. Ministry is the same, Kirk. Less travel, which is awesome for me. Uh, Want to be closer to my kids. But we tripled down on our digital ministry. Uh, it's just been incredible for Orthodox Easter. We actually were in the TBN studios as well, recording an incredible message to the Russian speaking people in Russia uh, about the gospel of Jesus Christ mm. and his peace. And uh, God's just opening up tremendous doors. Uh, and all those speeches in 74 countries, 3,500 speeches, 2 billion people have seen me on television of the world. 733 million people have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's the mission of Life Without Limbs. And just want to say thank you to all the viewers because I know that, Kirk, many people are praying for us and even supporting us at Life Without Limbs. So thank you. Nick, uh, I love to see how God opens doors that nobody else could go through but you. I mean, you, you, you have these opportunities to speak to people that many of us will never get to talk with. Um, and you're such a great role model for what I want to talk about today, which is being counterculture in a world that seems to be drifting further and further away from the Word of God and, and the ways of God. Nick, can you just define for us, what do you think being counterculture really means, and why is it important for us as believers to uh, stand out in a culture that's going against God's ways? Well, first of all, we shouldn't be uh, surprised that as we live in the dominion of the devil, 
as he goes around like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour, kill, and destroy and steal. Um, we understand that evil people will do evil things. And uh, we know that at the same time, uh, as bad as it's getting, Kirk, I'm getting more excited about heaven coming around the corner, maybe closer than, than we ever imagined. But put that aside. Uh, what we do know is the Bible says very clearly to be in the world, but not of the world. And we are uh, to shine brightly the righteousness of God, His love, His mercy to others, uh, forgiveness. Uh, people see that uh, us who have found forgiveness in our Savior, Jesus Christ, when we forgive, when uh, we say sorry, when we are humble to know that we are nothing but servants of the Most High God. Uh, and we're not more important than anybody else. No one else is more important or less important than anybody else. And with that love beaming from us, uh, that's one thread. But really, in, in the darkening, Kirk, we, we've never seen a darkening like this in the world, in history, in my opinion, as I've traveled the globe. It is global, uh, and we're all feeling uh, that this oppression, this darkness, this bullying of you need to act a certain way, do a certain thing. I mean, a score level just like China that's been implemented there for many, many years uh, is now coming um, under umbrellas of, of uh, if you will, loving everyone and uh, supporting anyone and everything, uh, whether that's counter to your belief system. So when you saw, talk about counterculture, it's it's living in a world that says something is right when you know the Bible says it's wrong or the other way around. And that is when the Christians are going to be tested. How well do we know our Bible? Uh, I, I actually heard recently that obviously Gen Z, uh, we're looking at that next generation right now, arguably the most illiterate, biblically illiterate generation our world's seen. And so this is a, a really Interesting spot where we need to choose. Are we going to dig our heels in, be in the world, but not of the world? And do we play the victim card? I mean, you know, like Ida having no arms and legs, I had a choice to play the victim card. We all could just report and rehearse, nurse and curse the past. And But then there are some of us, Kirk, that have been convicted and called by the Holy Spirit to stand the ground, to be that beacon of light, not just expect to say, oh, well, who's going to do something about it? Who's going to start an alternative thing or this or that? It's who of the remnant understand what's going on, have the knowledge, understanding, wisdom and discernment to say, I see the signs of the times. This is our calling. This is not just for us or our country. It's for the generations and the world to see God's glory revealed. And we occupy here, Kirk. We occupy here until Jesus comes back in the financial industry, in the digital, uh, the, the school system, doing what we can righteously to stand on the beautiful forefounding forefathers principles of freedom, free speech, freedom of religion without offending anyone else. Don't tell me to do something that I know I shouldn't be doing. Nick, would you just speak for a moment to this issue of identity? Um, how do you see, I mean, how do you, answer, how do you answer the question, who are you, Nick? I mean, I know that uh, some people may look at you and they don't understand your story. They don't know, they say, well, that's the guy without arms and legs. I mean, I, I, but how would you describe yourself and how does that identity factor keep you having this attitude of gratitude and hope? 
Yeah, look, Kirk, it's really simple. I'm a saved, redeemed soul by the blood of Jesus Christ and by faith and belief that he died for me uh, on the cross, all of my sins. Uh, if I believe that, I'm now in pursuit of his will, his plan, accepting the fact that I am a broken human being continuing to recover and will continue to be a recovering human being and being perfected by him until my last breath. Uh, but being redeemed in that newness of mind, as I read my Bible, as I pray every day, it's that newness of mind to say, okay, no matter what happened yesterday, no matter what today looks like, God help me to learn more about who you are. I'm going to pursue not of just doing, I'm going to be with God here, not not up there, here. And so it's that personal relationship with God where, where it keeps me humble um, and, 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 and pursuing Him in my friendship with Him. My identity is that I'm a forgiven child of God. I'm an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Uh, call it what you will, a general in God's army, standing in front of the gates of hell and redirecting traffic. Choose the title, it doesn't matter. I'm a servant, forgiven and redeemed. And every day is a gift. And, and Kirk, every interview I do, I always do an interview as if it's my last. I always tell people, imagine that this is your last five seconds of breath. Are you thankful for today? Are you going to live today the way that God wants you to live today? If that was your last hug that you had with your spouse, the last hug and conversation that you had with your kids, is that it? Or is there a, a reality check every day? God, may help me to plant those seeds of love. Help me to tell my children I love them. So number one, I'm pursuing God. Number two, I continue to pursue my wife. And number three, I continue to pursue my, my children and a friendship with my children, no matter what age they're going to be. And then the pursuit of 8 billion souls on earth where 3.1 billion has still have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, that's my uh, uh, passion. Uh, it, it's in me since age 19. Uh, and just helping people know, because look, it ain't about how big your house is or this or that, or if you have a job or not, is it's the jewels in your crown. How many jewels are going to be in our crowns when we see God? How many people have actually told people their story? Your history is his story. That's all that counts. That's all that counts. It's all you take to your grave. It's the jewels in your crown. How many times have we missed it in our life? We can't turn back. We just keep pushing forward. Do our best and God will do the rest. And we all fail, Kirk. We got to keep on going. We'll keep pushing. But that's the hunger for souls. It's a mission. We're not here to sip pina coladas and cross our arms and, you know, echo the reports of everything we're seeing on the news. No. How do you move the needle with 2 billion people going hungry today? How do you move the needle with Texas where I live, where human trafficking has quadrupled in the last 18 months here? How do you, as a church, start talking about the things that, oh, we can't talk about this because it's political? Are you kidding me? Your identity then is actually not pure. Your identity as a church and as a member in your church, if you can't talk about pro-life because it's political, you're doing wrong. You're wrongly standing if you do not, in a church setting, talk about pro-life, what actually is commanded and commissioned to go out, be not of the world, but 
in the world. Go and put your church members on seats of councilmen, councilwomen, school boards. That's how you move the needle in your own community. That's how we mm. occupy. Oh, well, we just need another president. No, your church needs to take over your county in a righteous way to occupy in the business mountain, education mountain, and political mountain. And uh, you can't talk about pro-life lastly. You can't talk about pro-life without talking about human trafficking, without talking about the foster care that's system that's disabled. Uh, and you can't talk about any of those three things without the national security threat on the border. This is not political. This is the counterculture thing that everyone's talking about. It's like, no, we've lost ground and we've just made it up and reframed it as, well, now we're kind of counterculture. No, we've lost ground and we are now feeling the heat of saying, oh, I think we now need to start holding ground to do something different that we haven't done before, which is called counterculture. Hello, church. This is the wake-up call. I love it. When we come back, we're going to see how Nick was inspired by God to make a countercultural move that turned a huge obstacle into a massive opportunity. Don't go away. We're back with Nick Wojcic to talk about how God led him to create the Pro-Life Bank. Nick, this, this is, is this for real? A Pro-Life Bank? What, what is that? Legally, I have to say Pro-Life Bank proposed. Uh, but let me just tell okay. you, in 2015, I spoke at a fundraising annual gala for Network Medical who actually helped abortion-determined women in Santa Barbara um, take an ultrasound. And seven of the 10 women, um, when they saw the ultrasound, uh, they chose life. And so I spoke for that nonprofit organization. There was a large donation given to them in 2018, and God told the CEO at the time, find a bank that does not give to abortion providing nonprofit organizations. There was not one credit union, not one bank in Santa Barbara interviewed by their treasurer that did not give towards killing of innocent lives in the womb. And so that's when God told this woman, Betsy Ann Gray, Betsy was told by God, start my bank, a bank that's going to be glorifying me. I'm going to be taking back the wealth of the nations and centralization. And basically, Kirk, what people don't know, the large banks that all our churches, Christian schools and nonprofit organizations bank with, they take God's wealth, make money on God's wealth, and then philanthropically give to things that are counter biblical beliefs, uh, uh, nonprofit organizations. And so um, this bank, uh, I was uh, asked to come on board officially as a co-founder in February 2019. I said no. And she said, well, God said yes. And I said, well, let him tell me yes. Uh, in March 2019, I woke up one morning, my credit cards, debit cards, credit line for my personal and for-profit company were frozen. My bank refused to talk to me. Um, I went into the branch. They went. They called their, their bosses and they said they won't even talk to us and we're not allowed to talk to you. There's a letter coming in the mail. And so the letter simply came in the mail within 24 hours and said, we've done a review as to who you are as a customer and we don't want anything to do with you. We, didn't want, we do not want your business. Go find another bank. We give you 30 days to find another bank. 
and that was it. So my credit score plummeted. Uh, it was a huge stress. Like you have no idea when a Christian actually asks God, God, use me, please, if you will, to stand up for life issues. That's when it really gets hot when you're standing in front of the gates of hell and redirecting traffic like any other mission that you can actually ask God to use you for. But this happened, got kicked out of a bank, found another bank, major bank, even more evil, if you will, on that context of where they give their money and how much they give to things that I biblically don't align with. Um, But I had no other choice. And then 30 days later, the dust settled and God spoke to my heart and he said, are you now ready to start my bank with Betsy? And I said, yes, God, I am. And so we quietly, uh, 2020 and 2021, were prepping the grounds to basically learn and build up the board. The website already is up, prolifebank.com. We are talking to mega investors to basically uh, have a buying out of a bank that we have identified already in Dallas for brick and mortars. I can't tell you which one. It comes with the equally yoked team. It's amazing how God has blessed it. And this year, God willing, uh, Pro-Life Bank Propose will be up and running and potentially the biggest global fintech the world has ever seen and potentially the fastest growing bank in America. We we don't know how big it's going to grow. It doesn't matter about how big it grows. All we want to do is honor God. We want to give us Christians out there who are aware of cancel culture, shadow banning, and uh, aligning with them. Why should people take God's wealth and make money on it and fund the things that we actually uh, are against. And so in our beautiful land of the free and the home of the brave, uh, no other country like the United States of America, being 74 of them face-to-face, met 24 presidents and spoken to 10 governments and being on television to 2 billion people. America, you are in a unique position. Thank you, God, because of the four founding principles and righteousness therein uh, that we can actually make an alternate. Uh, bank and financial ecosystem and digital uh, systems and social media. Mm. Uh, And and this is an awakening, uh, Kirk, that I'm seeing nationwide. Patriot Mobile, um, I've got to deal with them where I'm telling people right now, go to patriotmobile.com slash Nick V. I'm just telling people, move, because when you look at your service provider, they're also giving to things that's against our church beliefs. Where is the church? This is where we as Christians say, oh, we should come together. And the power of us coming unified on this. We may not be eye to eye on so many doctrinal things, but I think on this foundation of all foundations, life, freedom, liberty, us being able to to come together as conservative people of America to say, you know what? If there is no alternative, God uses us to make alternative banks. And it's going to be an association affiliation of like-mindedness in different industries where we are coming together. The body of Christ is coming together. We're so excited, so humbled to see this all come together. I, I agree with you, and I love to see how God uses these um, external 
pressures that uh, it, it touches our, our pain points in order to move us in the right direction. And I love that he's uh, given you such a voice and a platform to be able to, to reach out and gather up the family of faith and say, guys, wake up, let's stand up together, and then let's actually do run the plays that God has given us in the playbook of the Bible. Because uh, now, because since we haven't, the citizens of the kingdom of darkness have been running those plays. And now they've got the banks, and now they've got the schools, and they've got the seminaries, and they've got big pharma and big tech and big business, and our kids are in those institutions. And so this is wonderful because I see that you and others are now saying, let's provide the godly alternatives, and let's become actually the... Let's be the head of the culture and not the tail. Let's lead the way rather than following other people. And we're going to be a bank for everyone. Yeah. Uh, we don't care who you are as long as, you know, you're not doing any criminal activity. We're, we're, we're going to be a bank at ProLifeBank.com yeah. that is going to be a bank for everyone. We'll never cancel you, okay? Um, and, 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 and what the stewardship is, is that we want to be generously and, and specifically generous to the things that will bring glory to God uh, that's biblically aligned, Judeo-Christian aligned, nonprofit yes. organizations. I we are so thrilled. So thank you for allowing me to share that. I think, I think so many people are, are in love with this idea and they want to join you in this. How could people find out if their bank is contributing to these godless things or if their mobile uh, cellular provider is also contributing to these things? Yeah, yeah they'll probably uh, gladly be sharing that on their website. And if they don't, uh, give them a call and say, do you give to such and such an organization? Do you give da-da-da-da-da? Uh, and they'll gladly tell you because they believe that what they're doing is perfectly per perfect and beautiful. And they'll be proud of it. And so um, it's not a secret where they give, generally speaking, to That's the right. major banks especially. You mentioned that this uh, is a for-profit bank, the pro-life bank, that's known yep. as a yep. forgiving bank. What, what does that mean? Yeah, one of my uh, beautiful, dearest brothers in Christ that we do Bible study together with, his name is John Phelps. And uh, uh, when God blessed him with the success of his first venture, he started a second venture called Storyville Coffee, where 90% of net profits actually go to rescue the human trafficked. Uh, and so that's when he coined the term a forgiving uh, a company. And so he's, he's actually got the next vision is to bring up an entrepreneurial school uh, that that helps uh, CEOs, future CEOs and business owners to give a, a big chunk, uh, a, a manifesto of net profits to give back to not just have for-profit companies, but to raise an army of the next generation of business owners and CEOs with the mentality that we are not a non-profit, we are not a for-profit, we are forgiving uh, companies. So it, it's, it was incredible when I'm like, that's a wonderful terminology. Can I use it? It's like, yeah. So yeah, that's <laughs> came great. from a friend of mine called John. I, I, I love that. Nick, with so many people who are so anxious about uh, Jesus's return, um, is there really time in your mind to set up godly businesses and actually make a difference? 
So the last time I checked, most of Japan has no idea who Jesus Christ is. Same with North Korea. And the last time I checked, there's about 3,000 languages in India alone. Most of which still haven't got a Bible translated or the gospel presented to them. There's still a lot of harvest, a lot of harvest left.、Um, but、uh, the Bible says,、uh, plan your life as if you're going to live, is it a thousand years? But、uh, so plan prudently and do,、uh, yet uh, 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 prepare that this is your last day. And so this could be the, the, the return for Jesus for me. I might die in a car crash this later afternoon. Who knows?、Uh, it doesn't matter when he comes. It's are you doing today and now with the best of what you've been given? The stewardship. I think the word stewardship is, is the, the word that we really need to reframe. If, are we stewarding all that God has given us? Well, God can't use me. No, if God can use a man without arms and legs to be his hands and feet, then God can use any willing heart. And the judgment of judgments is what did you do with what you knew? What did you do with what I gave you? Period. Who cares about when he's coming? Who cares about that?、Uh, this is now. That's the mentality. That's the call of walking with Jesus daily. Nick, of all the moral issues that you could be focusing on, you've chosen to really、uh, drill down on this issue of pro life. Why is that so important to you specifically? God delights in creating. God delights in his children. Angels, I believe, are jealous of the delight that we bring the Heavenly Father because we believe without seeing and we trust. And then when we see the rejoicing of trusting in the unseen God and he comes through. For the miracles, and we have that joy, and that joy gives him joy. This is the epiphany of epiphanies on this side of heaven. In fact, I think the Bible says, yes, that it's going to be so good that we'll never stop praising him. But I actually believe that most of that is about the billions of stories that he says, hey guys, watch this story now. Watch how I moved in this person. Let's all watch the screen now in the sky and let's see how I helped that one person who was human trafficked, who found my son Jesus Christ as his savior,、mm. uh, to now then rescue other human trafficked people.、Uh, that, th- that joy, that glory, this is the exciting moment where we got to understand this is the mission. We're not here to receive, we're here to give, serve, fight. Uh, as God uh, uh, brings to it. Hi, I'm Kirk Cameron. Thanks for listening to this episode of Takeaways. If you love the conversations that we're having, please follow or subscribe to this podcast to never miss any of this great content. And please consider leaving a positive rating and a review to help others like you discover this show.